Okay, welcome to church tonight. My name's Daniel Grothy, pastor around here, and if you are new, we're thrilled to have you. And we're in our second week going through this Advent series, looking at some of these early stories in the Gospels, particularly Matthew and Luke, where we see the, the Christ child coming on the scene, where we see God invading human history to change the story. And Advent is that season of the coming of God. And we long for the coming of God in our world today, just as they did in that moment in history. So what I'll do is I'll read to you out of Luke chapter one, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you don't, it'll be on the screen. But I'll read out of Luke chapter one, 11 through 20, and then I'll pray and we'll jump in. So hear ye the word of the Lord. From Luke, it says, Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. This is Zechariah, the old priest who's married to Elizabeth. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to Zechariah, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid. Zechariah, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to call him John and he will be a joy and a delight to you and many will rejoice because of his birth for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and he is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even, remember this, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born And he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of the ancient prophet Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous. To make ready a people prepared for the Lord. This child is going to shake things up. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel, don't mess with me. (laughs) Excuse me, I don't know if you know this, I'm sort of a big deal around here. My apartment smells of rich mahogany and I have many leather bound books. I am Gabriel. And I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news and now... You will be silent and you will not be able to speak until the day that all of this happens because you did not believe my words. You did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. This is the word of the Lord and all God's people said, thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, would you give us an encounter like that tonight? What you did with and for Zechariah Could you do that for us tonight? Could you speak all over again? Send your messenger. Open our ears. Surprise us. I I, I read this story and Zechariah is caught off guard and many of us came here tonight and we're coming to church. We know what we're doing, but I pray that you just surprise us with your word tonight. We pray that you would open our ears, that you would tenderize our hearts, that you would Cause us to be clear and focused. Lord, all the distractions, all the worries, would you let them recede? 
so that we can hear tonight. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. And I pray tonight in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said, amen. There's so much chaos going on. For old men, Zachariah and his wife, Elizabeth, there was so much chaos and disorientation, disturbance going on in the nation of Israel at this time. And uh, Zechariah's fears were understandable. His concerns were understandable. He had psychological concerns. He's, he's longing for his wife to have what she has only wanted all of her life. He's got his, he's got his thing going. He's a priest. He's sort of come to terms with, I'm just an old man. It didn't work. Fine. But God, I know what Elizabeth wants. He's got these psychological concerns. Is she going to break? Is she going to be okay? Is she going to go to her grave feeling like her life was a failure? God, would you please, if for nothing else, would you please have mercy on Elizabeth? I want my wife well. He's got economical concerns. Who's going to take care of us? In this society, this patriarchal society, it wouldn't have been... Uh, it wouldn't have been weird for the man to have been sometimes 15 or 20 years older than the woman. So it's, it's likely that he knows he's going to die a couple decades before Elizabeth does. So yeah, who's gonna take care of me in my old age, but I'm gonna be gone before she is. Who's gonna take care of her? I, I, we've got to have someone come along and carry this story forward, help my wife find her rest. He's got economic concerns. He's got family legacy concerns. Our name is descending into nothingness. Like we don't, we don't feel it the same way that this culture, this society would have felt it. Like to not have a child in this culture was just like, what are you doing with your life? That's how they would have felt. They would have felt shame. They would have felt like their family lineage, their heritage was coming to nothing. And it was just, you can read these stories and you would feel the, the, the ache, the shame, the embarrassment, the fear. There's all kinds of concerns crashing right here together in this moment for the old man, Zechariah. And I wonder if you'd be honest tonight and just say, you know, I've been afraid. <laughs> I've been afraid about the future. Have you, have you ever just like laid in bed at night with the quiet of your own mind and you just wondered how you were gonna make it or how a family member was gonna make it or a story that seemed so intractably stuck was going to, to get over the hump and finally break through and make it? Have you ever had that deep guttural groan in your soul that ju you just thought, God, how long? Come on, what are you doing have you ever been there? Have you ever had fear? Have you ever had concern? Have you ever had ache? A few years ago, I went to Lebanon and all these Syrian and Iraqi refugees had been driven out by ISIS and they fled into the Bekaa Valley over into Lebanon. Lebanon, a beautiful country, but Lebanon, even right now, is just totally in shambles. And I was there in Lebanon seeing all these hundreds of thousands and even millions of refugees that had come over and they were homeless and they had beautiful jobs and beautiful homes and lives going on in Syria and Iraq until ISIS drove them out. And then I, I saw this picture one day of a beautiful Syrian girl.
I had a friend a few years show me this and he said to me, Daniel, I think this is the face of Advent. This beautiful little woman of God who didn't deserve being unsettled and driven away. And I want you to look at those eyes and I, and I want you to realize that, that Advent is a time to remember that God has compassion for the place of our greatest travail. That God is not scared of our worst day. God is not scared of us telling the truth. Advent is a time to remember that God has compassion for the place of our greatest travail. At this time of year where we remember that you can tell the truth in church, like this is the moment where we go, you know what, into the darkness, oh holy night, as Jordan said it earlier, like we can say that it's dark outside. <laughs> we can say that, that it's scary at times. We can say that we have questions about the future. God is not mad at us when we tell the truth. Many of you, you've experienced death this year. Many of you have experienced heartbreak and betrayal this year. Many of you have lived in long stretches of confusion or loss this year. Many of you have experienced economic instability. You're like Zechariah standing at, just, you're just, come on. Advent is the time where we remember that God has compassion for the place of our greatest travail. But Advent is also the time to remember that God hears our cries and responds with salvation. That God doesn't just go, yeah, just, you know, let it, uh, just go ahead and tell the truth and then stay at a distance. This is the God who comes close. Zechariah is minding his own business and then God shows up. <laughs> the presence of God moves in. Gabriel comes with a word from heaven. God does not leave Zechariah by himself in his ache and in his groan and in his pain and in his disorientation. God hears our cries and he responds with salvation. There's angelic announcements and the songs of the saints. Salvation is coming. Shepherds, hey, God is on the move. Hey, Mary, God is on the move. Hey, Joseph, God is on the move. Hey, Elizabeth, God is coming close. Hey, Zechariah, God will not leave you there. Advent is the time to remember that God hears our cries and he responds with salvation. Any of you, any of you heard of the great apostle Denzel Washington. <laughs> Gabriel comes and he says, do not fear. Do not fear, okay? I wanna ask the question, why shouldn't we fear? Why, why would Gabriel say that? Why would God tell us, do not be afraid? Uh, Denzel, I, I was um, reading an article from him in the New York Times this week that came out recently. And I don't know if you know this, but Denzel was raised in, in a really strong Christian home. His dad was a Pentecostal church of God in Christ. Go for it, preacher. Like a preacher preacher, like, like a baller. And he worked two jobs. He was very poor. But every weekend he stood in the pulpit and he said, hear ye the word of the Lord. And Mr. Denzel Hayes Washington Sr. was an absolute man of God preacher. So Denzel grows up in this and he's being interviewed for a new movie that's coming out in the New York Times. You know, they're being real precious with him. And, and, and Denzel just, he cuts to the chase and they're like, you know, what are you thinking about these days? And, and Denzel says, this is a time of spiritual warfare. <laughs> and then he said, don't play with God. <laughs> I was like, yeah, come on, Denzel. You can hear him preaching like to this New York Times reporter. And, and, he's, and he's just riffing and he like, I just love how he's cutting to the chase and he doesn't need anything and he's not out promoting himself, they asked him. And so Denzel's going for the jugular. Don't play with God. It's a time of spiritual warfare. And then he says, fear is contaminated faith. 
Fear is contaminated faith. I'll just say to you tonight that we are always living by faith, faith in something, faith in someone. We are never in neutral territory. Our feelings are, all, are never ambivalent. We are always worshiping at one altar or another. There is no pure atheist. There's no such thing as an atheist. It's just someone who's chosen to believe differently, but they believe. We're always living by faith. We're always putting our loyalty somewhere. And so fear is actually faith that the devil is in charge. Fear is faith that, that the enemy is more powerful than the God who sent his son and the son who gave his life and the son who was raised on the third day who sent his spirit and who now sits at the right hand of the father. Fear is faith that the devil has won. And so why would we, why would God come through, through Gabriel, the archangel, and say, do not fear? Why? Because fear erodes our souls. <laughs> fear contaminates our lives. Fear destroys us from the inside out. Have you, ever, have you ever let someone that you were mad at live rent-free in your mind? Fear is letting the devil live rent-free in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. Fear is letting the devil take over what God has purchased with his own blood. Do not fear, he says. Zechariah and Elizabeth have everything to fear about. If they're going to give over to fear, it, like we could on paper go, yeah, it makes sense. It's a really difficult story. And Gabriel rushes to the, story, to the scene and says, actually, no, like resist it. Fear is contaminated faith. Like do not Fear. Put your faith in the triune God that has final authority. Zechariah is told, your prayer has been heard. And I need you to hear tonight. Your prayer has been heard. Some of you are crying out for broken family members who, who just seem to have thrown it all away. And you've just been, you've been laying on, on the bed at night going, God, and tears are, have become your prayer. <laughs> like you don't, it's like you don't have any more words. It's just the tears that are falling to the ground. And, and I'm, just, I'm here to tell you your prayer has been heard, friends. Do not fear your prayer has been heard. And then Zechariah is, is told, you will have joy and gladness. You will, I need you to hear it tonight, you will have joy and gladness. So what's our role tonight? What are we supposed to do? If he says, do not fear, our role is to believe. The invitation tonight from the scriptures is to believe God, is to trust that God is not a liar, to trust that God can be trusted, to trust that God is a God of his word, to trust that God is the God who kicks the devil in the teeth when he raises his son from the dead and says life will have the last word and not death, and light will have the last word and not darkness, and love will have the last word and not hatred, and the kingdom of God will have the last word and not the Roman Empire. The invitation is to trust, to believe, to, to believe that God has in fact done the heavy lifting. But in our story tonight, Zechariah didn't believe. <laughs> There's a great irony here. The, the man of God who's in the temple, the one who's the man of the cloth, the one who's got the oil of, of the spirit that's anointed his head, he doesn't believe. And then you got this little teenage girl. 
Mary. Oh, sure. Be it unto me according to your word. So Zechariah doesn't believe, and what we see is verse uh, 20, and now you will be silent and not be able to speak until the day that this happens because you did not believe my words, which will come. They just will. Like, it's okay if you don't want to believe, but they just will. They will come true at their appointed time. He's silenced, and why is he silenced? I think he's silenced so he doesn't mess up Elizabeth's process. Go ahead and shut up. Because Elizabeth is just determined to live by faith. Elizabeth is gonna get it. She's gonna go with God. Zechariah, he's the one who should know how to do this. He doesn't. So God says, okay, that's fine. But if you're gonna get in my way, I'm gonna shut you down. Just shh. See, God would rather partner with us, but he's going to do his work of salvation even in spite of us. So sometimes God just needs to shut us up for a little minute, minute to keep us from spewing our negativity onto everybody else around us. And God to Zechariah says, just watch me then. Shh. The invitation is to believe. God will get it done. He wants to partner with us, but he will get it done even in spite of us. Salvation is coming. Salvation is coming your prayers have been heard. You will have joy and gladness. Now just watch and wait. Second movement here that I see in Luke chapter one that I want us to look at. Verse 30, it says, do not be afraid, Mary. Now he, he's talking to Mary. But he says the same thing that he said to the old man, Zachariah. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And you will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him Jesus and he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever and his kingdom will never end. Salvation is coming close, he says. And how will this be, Mary asked. Decent question. How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be, this is God's work and not man's work. Salvation is from the outside. <laughs> so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who was said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month for no word from God will ever fail. <laughs> like it just won't. <laughs> no word from God will ever fail. And what was Mary's response? Remember the invitation is to believe. And she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Real simple here. Zechariah wants to complicate the thing and he wants to think about the worst case scenarios and he wants to tell God all of the obstacles that are in the way and don't you know how old and don't you know and, and don't, and he's just real talk. And Mary goes, I'm the Lord's servant, be it unto me according to your word. The angel goes. Because someone believed that no word from God will ever fail. So there's two options. We can, we can be doubting Zechariah or we can be faithful Mary. And I, tonight, the questions I wanna ask you, do you believe that salvation is God's gift 
and that it's your inheritance? Do you believe that God can do the impossible? Do you believe that even through the madness that's played out around you and me in this fallen world, do you believe that God at the end of the day is good? And do you believe that God is the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and he's also your God too? Do you believe that the God who rescued Abraham out of Ur of the Chaldees will rescue you out of your your own land of separation? Do you believe that the God who brought Joseph out of the Egyptian jail will be the God who gets you into the palace too? Do you believe that the God who brought Daniel out of the lion's den is the one who will shut the mouths of the lions for you too and establish? Do you believe that this God is your God too? Do you believe that the God who split the Red Sea is making a way for you. The question that we ought to ask tonight is in spite of all that you see, will you still believe that God is working salvation? It's really easy to just see the circumstances. I know what it feels like. I know what it, I just, it, it becomes overwhelming. The cloud of heaviness moves in and all we can see are the obstacles and all we can see are the broken relationships and all we can see is the economy and all we can see is the, is the divorce court that we, and all we can see is this. But do you believe that in spite of what you see, God is good and he's coming with his salvation? Do you believe ultimately that no word from God will ever fail? Movement number three, Mary, she hears this word and she goes to see her cousin, Elizabeth, the old woman who is said to be in her sixth month. And we see this text as she, as she runs over to Elizabeth's place in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home. He's, he's quiet, he's real quiet. He ain't got much to say. He's on the the nine-month mute. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of wives would love a nine-month mute. Where she entered Zechariah's home and she greeted her cousin Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth, watch this, please. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby, John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled, Elizabeth was, this is like friendly fire, (laughs) Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit at the sound of Mary's voice. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you, like how is she in on this story? Blessed is the child that you will bear, but why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me and as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Blessed is she who has believed. Notice, Elizabeth has a future gestating inside of her. Little John the Baptist growing wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man. He's, he's tucked away in the womb. He's, he's hidden in the darkness of that, that oh holy night going on inside of Elizabeth's own womb. And John the Baptist is in there and she's got a future gestating inside of her. And Jesus was there, but she just couldn't see him. Jesus was there that day. Mary walks in 
in, Jesus is in utero. Mary walks in. Elizabeth hears Mary's voice and the power of the child that she's carrying goes through her voice, hits Elizabeth's ears, goes down into the womb. John the Baptist does a backflip. Like, do you see the power that's breaking out right here in this, in this interaction? Jesus, the very word of God, like no word from God will ever fail. <laughs> like you see what's happening here? Like this child in utero is shaking things up and Elizabeth is there and she's got all of her own story breaking out. She's got this gest- future gestating inside of her and Jesus was there, but she couldn't see him. And I want you to see that the presence of God is so often imperceptible and the word of God is so often invisible. But for Elizabeth, she heard the sound of Jesus. She heard the word of God thundering. She, she didn't see it. It didn't make sense to her. It didn't add up in a spreadsheet. She hadn't gone and seen a sonogram. And she, 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 she just knew that power came, like the word of God is here. Don't look now, but the word of God will never fail. This is so often how I experience my life, that there's something in me and I, I, I want to trust that Jesus is here and I want, to, I want to believe that Jesus is gonna bring something to birth and I want to believe that these dreams and these hopes and these things that God by his spirit made to gestate in my soul and in my spirit, I want to believe that they're gonna come to life and I want to believe that there's gonna be a future. I just can't see Jesus. He, he, he's nowhere to be found. But notice it didn't keep Elizabeth from experiencing his presence and his power. Elizabeth was quickened by the Holy Spirit and she was filled. John the Baptist was quickened and filled with the Holy Spirit. The life inside of Elizabeth started turning backflips and what what got it started? The, The presence and the power of the word of God, Jesus Christ himself, changed the story. What kind of child must this be that even in utero he's changing lives? Summary of Elizabeth's word to Mary is that baby in your womb is gonna change everything. (laughs) Elizabeth speaks to her cousin. Who am I that the mother of my Lord would come to me? How am I so blessed and highly favored that I could feel the presence and the power of the very word of God? She says, this baby's gonna change everything. And I'm here to tell you tonight that you may not see Jesus, but Jesus is here to quicken you. (laughs) Jesus is here to cause that very dream to turn a backflip in your soul. Jesus is here to cause you to be filled afresh tonight. Jesus is here and and you can be Zechariah and I can be Zechariah or we can be like Mary and Elizabeth who go, sure, be it unto me according to your word. What are my other options? Like just, just live in the death that I've known and live in the hopelessness that is so easily available to me? No, go ahead, God. No word from you will ever fail. So would you take these dreams that are gestating in me and would you bring them to life? And would you take these hopes and cause them to turn a backflip? Would you wake me up from the inside out tonight? Come on, Jesus is here tonight to fill you with his spirit. Jesus is here to make something leap in your womb again. Jesus is here to stir your passions again. The good news tonight is that Jesus is drawing near and if we will let him, something in us will leap. Tonight I want to read you these little snippets of these passages and I want you to receive them tonight. I I want you to hear them as if they are being spoken to you because they are. So tonight, First little passage. I want you to hear this from the Lord himself. Do 
not be afraid. Put your name right in that little slot. See your name up on that screen. Hear it in your soul. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid for your prayer has been heard. God is listening to you. Next one. You will have joy and gladness. (laughs) I'm not lying to you tonight. You will have joy and gladness. You just will. (laughs) Don't look now, but joy and gladness are on the way. The orphans will have joy and gladness. The homeless will have joy and gladness. That Syrian girl will have joy and gladness. The bereft and the forgotten and the betrayed and the divorced, those who've been abandoned, you will have joy and gladness. Those who are looking for the next month's rent, I don't know how, I I wish I could tell you the details. I'm just here to tell you tonight that I've read the scriptures and I've watched it and I've paid attention to church history and somehow Jesus just keeps rebuking death. (laughs) You will have joy and gladness. And Jesus just keeps healing the sick and you will have joy and gladness. And he just keeps raising the dead. Somehow, someway, you and I will have joy and gladness. Don't look now, but the trajectory of history is headed toward joy and gladness. And we need this word tonight. We need this word tonight because if we don't, we sink into despair and we quit and we let the enemy steal from us what God has purchased for us. You will have joy and gladness. Next one, do not be afraid. Put your name in there. Do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. God is crazy about you. This isn't just for like spiritual elites or people who read the Bible every morning or, you know, people who've like fasted in their life or so-and-so went to Bible school and of course they found favor. No, do not be afraid for you have found favor with God. Can you receive that tonight in your soul so that something starts to turn over in you? You start to do backflips and something comes back to life. The next one I want you to hear is for no word from God will ever fail. It's not gonna happen. Hasn't happened before, it's not gonna start with you. No word from God will ever fail. The last one, I want you to see this one. Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you need a fresh infilling tonight of the Holy Spirit. I know I do. I don't know how we make it without this. And so would you open up your hands and close your eyes right now and just begin to say, come Holy Spirit. Invite the work of the Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Band's gonna come and we're gonna receive communion and worship here. But this is a moment of encounter with the Lord that all of us desperately need. She heard the word and she was filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, right now for those who are on the brink, be filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray for those who feel like their life will never bear fruit. I say, be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
For those of you who have been tempted to to embrace every bit of the despair that the enemy is sending your way, I say right now, be filled with the Holy Spirit. May the voice of Jesus be heard even as the word of God goes forth so that something begins to leap in you again. Life begins to break out and hope, dreams of the future, a new horizon you begin to see tonight. I say be filled with the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me right now? We're gonna keep praying here as the band begins to get ready. Keep your hands open there tonight. And I really would like you to begin to pray. Like I, I, I sense that there's a moment here where we can either break through or we just get real precious. I, I'm telling you what I feel. Like we need to press in right now. <laughs> there's a breakthrough waiting to happen, but, but, but the enemy would have us get real precious and just go, okay, night. No, like, can we be a little tenacious in the presence of God right here and right now? Maybe you're feeling strong. I want you to begin to intercede for those around you. Like Jordan said earlier, lend your faith, lend your hope, lend your courage, lend your confidence. Right now in the spirit, let's begin to pray. Come on, church. Let's stir it up. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for everyone who feels on the brink tonight. I pray that you would rebuke the devil. Drive out the enemy in Jesus' name. Drive out the enemy in Jesus' name. People who have been tormented by spirits, darkness, confused and lied to, and you're hearing hearing lies from your past that the enemy has put on you that some of your most important people, maybe a parent spoke over you or a coach spoke over you. In Jesus' name, those lies are broken tonight. I feel, guys, we gotta fight. <laughs> we, I can't tell you how serious I feel this moment to be. I, so Jesus Christ, have your way in this room tonight. Have your way in this room tonight, Jesus. Have your way in this room tonight, Jesus. Touch your people and heal your people and comfort your people tonight. Come on, spirit of the living God, fall afresh on us tonight. Walk these aisles and walk our hearts. I pray for fear to be broken in Jesus' name tonight. Fear, go. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so sickness, we say, bow the knee to Jesus. Chaos and confusion, bow the knee to Jesus. Heaviness and depression, bow the knee to Jesus tonight. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Would you just begin to say that with me? Jesus Christ is Lord. Have your way over us tonight, Lord. You're a king. You're our ruler. You're the one who can do something about it. At the sound of your voice, darkness trembles. Death will not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silence the boast of sin and grave. Jesus Christ is Lord. Let's sing this song, what a beautiful name it is. Before we receive communion, let's, let's worship.
Yes, yo. 
get your communion elements ready to receive. And if you don't have communion elements, raise your hand. Our team will quickly come to you toward the back there. Coming your way, Steve, Brenda. We, we're needing some over here, Linda. Thank you all. There you go. Tonight as we come to receive, think about this as getting the word of God inside of you. <laughs> Jesus says, this is my body. I, I, let's just trust him. Let's just believe him. That he wants to feed us with himself. That he wants to strengthen us with his very life. And to get his very life inside of us. On the night he's betrayed, he takes the bread and he breaks it. And he says, this is my body. Would you break that little wafer? Which is broken for you. And as often as you do this, do this for the remembrance of me. Like, receive me and remember me. So church tonight. Into your place of despair, I speak the word of life, Jesus Christ. Into your fear, I speak the word of life, Jesus Christ. Into your barrenness, I speak the word of life, Jesus Christ. Into your questions about the future, I speak the word of life, Jesus Christ. Jesus gives you the bread and says, you may receive my body. You can take the bread tonight. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. On the same night, Jesus took the cup of wine and he said, this cup is the new cup given in my blood, new covenant, given in my blood, given for the remission of your sins. You're clean tonight. You're free tonight. You've been washed tonight. There's a reset in the heavenlies tonight. There's a new future for you tonight. Jesus has assured us of this. This is his blood given for the remission of our sins. You may receive the cup tonight. Let's sing. Oh, come let us adore
this picture that I think is just a prophetic word for you to carry, an image for you to carry with you. So men, the the playing field's level here tonight. The, The metaphor that we've been working with is pregnancy, a child in the womb, right? So just work with me here. But the, the, the word that I heard was, some of you are going to start showing tonight. Like the hope, it's going to start showing tonight. The joy is going to start showing tonight. The future is going to start showing tonight. The, the life of God is going to start, you're going to, oh, I think he might be pregnant with the life of God tonight. So it it doesn't all happen at once, but you're going to start showing. Something's going to shift. Something's going to start moving in you tonight. So open up your hands. Let's church, let's receive this tonight. Lord, I pray tonight, let the life of God start showing in us tonight. Let the joy of the Spirit start showing in us tonight. Let the peace of God start showing in us tonight. Let the fearlessness start showing tonight. Let the confidence and the boldness start showing tonight. Give us our joy back and our bounce back and our strength back and our swagger back. Send us out into the world, Lord, with the life of God all over us. So I pray may the Lord our God bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord lift his bright smiling countenance upon you tonight and grant you and all of your people peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all God's people said, let's praise God for what he's done here tonight. It's been sweet. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. If you have extended prayer needs, we would love to agree with you. If you're new, come see us at Guest Central. Go from here in God's grace and peace. Much love.